Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to your favorite Bronze Age Spider-Man podcast. This is Here Comes the Spider-Cast. I'm your co-host, Michael, and as always, I'm joined by... Joshua Murphell, and today we're going to be looking at Spider-Man comics uh, from the from the 80s that are um, crossovers. So, like, guest, guest appearances of Spider-Man. That's right, guest appearances. And just to celebrate these guest appearances, we have two very special guests. Our first guest is Bronte. Hi, thank you for having me. No problem. We had a casual conversation last week, and somehow I tricked you into coming on, right? <laughs> yes, I know nothing about comic books. Then you're the perfect guest. Okay, and then also in that conversation, your friend was there. Say hello, Alisa. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. And I forgot to ask, do you like comics? Uh, yeah, actually, I never really read the comics. Like, lots of my friends loved them. So, for the first time when I was in Canada, I had to buy a bunch of them, of different fans okay. for my friends. But oh. It was fun. It's how I actually, like, introduced myself to the comics. Um, but, yeah, when I was younger, I actually read manga. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, oh, so awesome. it was pretty awesome. So, it was really weird for me to read comics right now, because in manga, you read it from right to left, right? And right now, right. I need to, <laughs> to read it from left to right, and I got a bit confused. But it was right. great. It was fun. Well, okay, one of these days, I'll have to lend you some good comics, because this batch was not the best. But we'll get to... <laughs> if, well, they're okay, but we're not going to pass judgment on them just yet. First, we're going to uh -huh. describe the plots to these, okay? So... The first one up is Marvel Fanfare number six. And for those that don't know, every issue of Marvel Fanfare has a, a different story uh, about a different character by a different writer and artist, right? So there's no continuity between stories. So this one features Spider-Man and the Scarlet Witch. For those that don't know, Scarlet Witch is obviously in the Avengers. She at one point was married to the Vision. She's brother. She's the brother of Quicksilver. She's a mutant. She's kind of a mutant, kind of not, yeah. Right, it gets very confusing. So even though I just read the story, I'm very confused about what's going on, but I'm going to do my best to summarize this thing, okay? So we start off with um, this guy named... And If I screw anything up, feel free to jump in. I don't sure. remember what this, yeah, what this guy's name is, this wizard. What is he? Uh, no um, one knows. Okay. <laughs> I can't remember. So he's looking at a crystal ball with Spider-Man appearing in it, and he's trying to figure out how he's going to manipulate him into doing his plan. But then it cuts over to Scarlet Witch, and she's chilling out on a beach, and then he appears to her, and basically they start zapping each other, and he makes her disappear, right? And, oh, no, sorry. He basically takes over her her mind but we don't know exactly what's going on yet so then she appears uh to confront spider-man as he's swinging through the city and then they start fighting and then spider-man ends up in this uh weird kind of like dr strange dimension that we've seen before in dr strange comics mm -hmm. where reality is weird and like the laws of phys physics don't really apply and then we get this really really awkward scene where spider-man confronts this woman and this woman tries to convince Spider-Man that she is the Scarlet Witch. And Spider-Man's like, well, I know the Scarlet Witch and you're not her. But then he thinks to himself, but then she's like, well, but I am the Scarlet Witch. Have you gone mad? Which is a ridiculous line. But then Spider-Man says, well, she's got a point there. Since that woman I thought was Wanda zapped me, and I'm not sure which end is up, but... But if that wasn't Wanda, what if, okay, lady, we're going to try to get to the bottom of this. So because of this confusion, you know, now we have a story. So basically they try to work together and figure out and, oh, sorry. So the guy's name is, is it Zandu? 
Xandu, yeah. Right. I so mean, that, yeah. so she's trying to explain what's going on, and then we find out that basically this guy's wife or lover or whatever is dead, but he's trying to revive her by putting her mind into the Scarlet Witch's physical body in the real world, right? Yeah. <laughs> I right. <think> so. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he, he put Scarlet Witch's mind into his wife's body. That way he can remarry his wife again. Right. He doesn't right, right. really care about that it's not actually her. He's just kind of gone mad and really wants this to happen. And uh, once they realize this, Zandu uh, takes his wife, who or yeah, takes Scarlet Witch, who is in his wife's body, and Spider-Man has to fight a bunch of like beasts and monsters to get to them. And uh, when he finally does get there, they're fighting, and he kind of loses. But then Zandu's the ghost of Zandu's wife comes back, and. Uh, stops him <laughs> and right. like, bring, brings the two of them back and because she she jumps back into his bo- into her own body again and the three of them leave and go back to New York and he's kind of left in this other dimension and there's a line where she says something like uh, the the death dimension demons need a soul since I've left so they're going to take him there, and he's going to be kind of tortured. Right. And it's just like this weird kind of all-of-a-sudden ending. Uh, yeah, and I mean, and l- let's put it this way. I mean, I don't want to talk for too much, but I, 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 my feeling about the story is it's basically pointless. Um, and the reason I say that is because, I mean, I think Mike W. Barr is a decent writer, but I don't imagine what burning itch he had to tell this story you know what i mean because usually i think of a story as being inspired by something in reality or something you want to express but i just don't understand what this story is about other than what happens like what's below the surface i don't really see anything but um but for i'd like to okay let's jump to bronte bronte you tell us what you thought of this story (laughs) i can tell by the look on your face it's probably not much right no, I will say this is probably one of the first comics I've ever read. And right away, I had no idea what was going on. Like, there's a line that says, I'm not out of the woods yet. Godzilla's little brother is going to crack my ribcage like an egg. Like, I was like, what? Like, who talks like that? And then they yeah, were, like, I... describing this tool that the bad guy was holding as, like, a baby rattle. I'm like, just the dialogue and the writing. I'm like, they're just trying to be funny, but it's not funny. That line, the Godzilla line, really stood out to me as trying really too hard to. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, Elisa, what did you think? Well, I like among all the comics I read, what, like what you sent the links to, uh, I found this one not like the m- most interesting, but I loved the drawing the most. I would mm-hmm. say it was really bright. It really stood out. Like I, it's interesting to read about the thing and the plots were interesting. But the thing is, it's kind of um, like the colors. Oh, is it because it was scanned? I don't know. Like, or just the original colors of the comics you know, are different? That's a good question. I think uh, some of the comics we read are scanned. Some of them are digitally recolored. Mm-hmm. But I think 
Marvel Fanfare was published on really thick, shiny paper, so I think the colors are just naturally brighter. Mm, yeah, yeah, I think so, I think it's definitely a mixture of both because right. this one, this one, the the colors do seem more vibrant from a regular comic, and even the art itself really stands out uh, compared to the other two issues that we read. Not that they mm-hmm. were bad, but this one stands out as being pretty interesting, and I think really works for the story that they're telling. Um, I think that like. It, it fits with the whole like master of the mystical arts, Doctor Strange esque mm-hmm. story where they're in this other world. I think the style is really fantastic. Where uh, with the the two issues of mm-hmm. with the thing that we read, it's very much superhero story, and yeah. it, the style feels like it's a it's it's supposed to be drawn for a superhero. So um, I really enjoyed the art in, in this issue. Yeah, me too. It's it's absolutely like I loved it. It was phenomenal, actually. Like the art itself was really interesting to look at. Uh, but the thing is, like I love Scarlet Witch as a character, but I f- like I felt like in the comics she's kind of um, I don't know how to say it, but lots of male gaze. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like the way she was drawn and in in swimsuits and stuff, it's just lots of male gaze angles. And I was like, Ugh. well, it was 1982, right? So 82, I think 82, actually. Yeah, yeah. 82. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, um, wow, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, Bronte, what did you think of the art? Um, that one wasn't my favorite. Um, one that was drawn I guess just the whole thing I just felt didn't really work like I could I could see that because he was in this imaginary world that the artwork probably like went with the story but it's just I didn't feel that the two really connected overall yeah the thing is is like so the the pencils are by Sandy Plunkett who I think is decent P. Craig Russell is a really good artist P. Craig Russell's the inker um, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think the inks are my favorite in this issue. They're a little bit, um, a little bit sloppy, a little bit over detailed, but I don't think the art's bad at all. It's just, it just doesn't quite click. I kind of agree with Bronte. It doesn't quite click, but I did, I did think it was kind of classier than the two thing stories. Um, I mean the art in the other two stories was good, but this is more like classic art and the other, the thing stories were more like just superhero art. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know, Josh. What did you think of the story? Did you think like do you agree was it kind of pointless or what's your what's your impression? Yeah, of it? it felt weird. I I really do like the the Doctor Strange type stories where they're where it's like full on magic. Um, mm. But it just seems like every time that Spider Man is pushed in, it, it doesn't work. And I feel like it's it might just be because Spider Man is not that side. So it looks like it feels like he's just pushed into the story and he has no reason for being there. And that right. could be why this story doesn't feel like it works either. It's because what's Spider? What's the point of having Spider Man in this issue besides look at it, it's it's Spider Man? Like this is our buddy. Right, you know, right. you love this guy <laughs> because he he has absolutely no ties. The only thing is, is he was swinging by and he knows Scarlet Witch, so he was gonna stop in and say hi to her. That's it. Like it's just so strange. I don't know. It's it didn't work. I I, I don't know. Did you read the backup issue? No, the backup story. No, backup story. I, sorry. No, I, I I skimmed it, but I really did. Liked you, did it. anyone it, else it, read it? I read it. It, 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 it that's what confused it, me the most. <laughs> oh, okay yeah that that that's like a that's like another mini comic inside of a comic it, it doesn't really have anything to do with this story it's 
Usually there are like ads in between, so you know that it's um, not the same thing. Yeah, there was right. nothing so for this one. It just went right into right. it, and I was like, "What's that... going on?" <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's um, probably not the comics' fault. It's it's definitely the the website that we read it on because normally there's like ads in the comic that will separate the story, so you know that it's like a completely different thing. Um, but I I think that this story worked much better. It was right. Doctor Strange hanging out with another like up and coming sorcerer. <laughs> And he wants to take on the Sorcerer Supreme because he thinks he's strong enough and he wants to kind of take on that mantle. And it's kind of just Doctor Strange messing with him and making him think that all these sorcerers are coming uh, to challenge him. And it's just like endless sorcerers coming and he's, he gives up. And then Doctor Strange realizes it's all it was all just a vision. Um, but possibly not. He might have actually done it a little bit. But uh, And then he... He kind of, it's kind of just this lesson of like, you know, biting off more than you can chew and, uh, you know, taking it slow. It's not always like sunshine right. and happiness when, when you're at the top. Sometimes there's people that are going to be after you. I, I That story worked so much better for me than this one. Um, right. Like the, there's, something, it, there's a reason for it to be there. You can take away something from it. And it's kind of like uh, a metaphor, right? It's like a very simple story, but it's told in this uh fantastical way but at least you can come away with something after reading right. it right right what's the, the message art? with the other one nothing right nothing like like there don't you know don't like, yeah, try if, to br- if you're, bring back if you're, your your wife from the dead i don't know and have her inhabit <laughs> another body i know and the, the other thing too is the second story actually has really good art by charles vess Mm-hmm. I really like the way that he draws this mystical wor- dimension is actually really really cool and it's a lot neater, like it's a lot more, um, not neat, but what's the word I'm looking for? Like um, Clean? Clean. The art's a lot cleaner, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Definitely decent. Okay, so overall, I gotta say, I don't think I would recommend this issue. Uh, Bronte, would you recommend this to someone else? Um, the end story, yes. After I figured out it was a different story. So, as long as I know that there's two stories in one without a mix-up, it, it took a while for me to figure it out and to get over that. So, the end of it, yes. The beginning, no, not at all. Okay. Elisa? I loved uh, the story of the Doctor Strange. I found it really interesting, actually. And I personally love Doctor Strange as a character. So, he seems like this wise, you know, mystical guy. So, it was cool. Uh, the first one, well, it's... Um, I don't know if it's worth it, honestly. Um, the only thing that really annoyed me is like this concept of damsel in distress. <laughs> because like Scarlet Witch is supposed to be this strong woman. And like in first two seconds when she fights this wizard guy, she's just, you know, that's, that's all. Like she loses immediately. And then Spider-Man needs to save her. So it was kind of annoying. Again, damsel in distress. Like she's supposed to be a superhero now. So yeah, yeah in mm-hmm. this sense, I wouldn't recommend it. But the Dark Strange one, I think it's worth it. All right. Okay, so... We are now going to move on to... Oh, Josh, you didn't recommend yeah. it. Or do you recommend uh, it? No, I don't think I would... I, I don't think that there's anything too extraordinary about this issue, but it's also not totally offensive. Like, it's not awful. Right. Um, I, right. I wouldn't recommend it. I, I do really like the Doctor Strange story. If it was like, like a, I don't know, like a mini comic or something like that, where it was just that, I would for sure recommend it. I, I had a lot of fun with that one, but... 
the main story, I don't think I would recommend. The other thing we should point out <clears throat> is that Roger Stern, the writer of the Doctor Strange story, is actually the regular writer on Amazing Spider-Man. And mm -hmm. Josh and I are big fans of his, so there's definitely more good stuff to come from him. Yeah. So, uh, okay, so with that, we are now going to move on to Marvel 2-in-1, number 96, featuring The Thing. And this is right. a very unusual cover where The Thing is in a hospital bed and there's a nurse uh, shushing a, a group of superheroes that are trying to get into his room. And right, right away, I knew this issue was going to be unusual, and I thought it was really fun. But Josh, you can take it from here. Yeah, this was kind of a fun issue. Um, we we have the thing in the hospital bed. He's recovering from a couple of different events. Um, he fought he fought the champion where this it was like this demigod pretty much who has abducted him. We've we've read it on a past uh, episode of uh, Spidercast where yeah this this demigod abducts a bunch of superheroes and he fights them. Uh, he just wants to kind of like find somebody who can beat him and the thing is the only one that stood a chance and he like fought him and lost but then he the thing stood up again and tried to fight still um, but he was like completely bloodied and uh, so he's in the hospital recovering from that and uh, Reed is Reed kind of seems off when you know the Fantastic Four and Cap and Iron Man are visiting the thing and Sue uh stops him and asks asks what's going on and it turns out that he's worried because he feels like if anybody has a vendetta towards the thing this is going to be the perfect time for them to come and attack and kill him so then it cuts uh out to spider-man who is swinging in and he starts brawling with this there there's so many villains that pop up i there's no way i can remember who this is mechana uh, uh Mecha Marauder? Who I've never like heard that. of. Yeah, I've never, never heard, heard of him. Yeah, right. this big guy in like a metal armor suit. Spider-Man comes and stops him and swings in and says uh, says hi to the thing. And then we cut out and... Um, do this guy that can multiply himself. Daredevil stops him. Uh, we see we see just a bunch of these villains. Like Mole Man pops up and Thor stops him. It's just kind of like this fun, poppy... Like light comic where all of these villains are showing up to stop the thing and because all of his friends are coming to visit him and all of his friends are superheroes they're stopping him and the thing really has no idea what's going on this entire time uh, and it turns out that one guy was able to one one supervillain was able to slip through the cracks and uh, you know make it to Ben's uh, hospital bed and it's the Sandman, and we think that he's going to uh, kill him, but or, or start attacking him. But it turns out that he brought uh, Ben some a, a case of beer and some cigars, and the two of them kind of just have a beer and a cigar at the end of the day because the thing has kind of given Sandman a new lease on life and given him a chance to uh, redeem himself because he has seen good in him in a past issue. Um, they don't really go too much. Uh, uh, they don't really talk about that a whole lot. They kind of just graze over it. But I thought it was kind of nice, and that's where the, the, the issue ends there. Right. The two of them sitting in the hospital bed. It's it's a cute issue, I thought. I don't think that there's anything, like, crazy story-wise that develops, but I had fun reading it. So I think that's all that matters. Right. And before we go forward, I just want to know, um, Elisa and Bronte, have you heard, do you know anything about The Thing? 
No. Uh, okay, Bronte. Uh, sorry, Alyssa or Alisa. Do you? Uh, you heard yeah, of the thing? I did. Uh, I think when I was a kid, there was a movie called Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which yeah. year did it come out? Like 2000. 2000 and like. Oh, probably even before that. Probably 2000. There's like three yeah, of them. There's like oh, something. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember the film like in a very vague ways because like I watched it as a kid and I think I saw the thing in there. But that's all. That's my only uh, like <laughs> that's my only encounter of it. So it, when I was reading it, I, I I didn't know who who is who who was who he was he. <laughs> who he was. Yeah. And Bronte, do you know him from the movie? Yeah. So I've. I actually really liked that movie, so I watched it quite a few times. But he wasn't, like, I don't remember him being in the Avengers, like, the Avengers movies. So no. I, when I saw him in here, I didn't put two and two together that he was a part of Fantastic Four and he was part of the Avengers. So I was just kind of like, whoa, he's in the Avengers? I didn't know that. Well, no, he's not He's not in the Avengers. Uh, no. No, he's, he's, he's like, they all know each other. Like everyone in the Marvel universe knows each other, but he's actually just—he's only a member of the Fantastic Four, so. Right. See, yeah. it's so confusing. <laughs> but it's all in the same universe, right? Right. Right. So, well, it's it, it's. That's a lot of information to take in, you know. It was really confusing sure. a bit because I I, <laughs> I I watched Avengers. I watched pretty much, I think, all Marvel movies, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I loved mm-hmm. it. I enjoyed it. But I never knew what Fantastic Four and X-Men are actually from the same universe. Yeah, well, right. yeah, if you, yeah, because in the movies, the different studios have different rights. Actually, oh, I guess yeah. Fox, Fox had X-Men and Fantastic Four, but then Sony had Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And right. Disney so you'll probably see Fantastic Four and X-Men show up in the Avengers in the next few years in the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they own them yeah. now, yeah. So with that, let's talk about this comic. Uh, Bronte, what did you think of the story? Um, this one I thought was, it was all right. Like um, like he said, it, it was kind of a cute story. Um th- Half the time, I didn't know who the villain was or who the good person was because I was like, I don't know any of these people. So <laughs> it was very confusing. And then to see like all the characters together with him by the hospital bed, that's when I was like, oh, immediately my mind was like, he's at the Avengers. And I just found out he wasn't. So and then when I saw the Sandman, I was like, what? So since what is the Sandman friends with the thing? And the Sandman is part of Spider-Man. So it was just it was. It was a cute story, just very confusing for somebody who's never read a comic before. Understandable. Okay. Alisa, what did you think? Yeah, I agree with Bront. It was really cute, especially the ending. Like, I expected that the Sandman is going to, like, kill or damage the uh-huh. thing. But instead, it's, like, turns out by friends. And it was, wow, unexpected. It was really interesting plot twist in this sense. But other than that, like, <laughs> I got really confused because there were so many millions, so many superheroes, and I couldn't understand <laughs> how, right. how are we all interacting with each other? Are we all in the same universe? How does it work? Like, I couldn't understand that. But um, another thing what I found really interesting is the nurse. I found her pretty hilarious asset to the story. But yeah, it, it was interesting. It was cute and interesting story, I would say. But it was just lots of characters at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I can understand. Yeah, to me, it's like a it's a surface level story, but it's definitely entertaining. And I actually thought the dialogue was really funny. Um, of course, I 
Oh, here we go. I, this is like one of my favorite examples. When the, on the last page, when the Sandman comes in and he's giving him the beer and he's like, I've still got a long way to go, but I couldn't have gotten even this far without you. And then the thing is like, hey, don't get mushy on me. I don't want no tears watering down my beer. Like, that's that, so great. That's yeah. exactly the thing, like the, the way Stanley would write him in the 60s, you know? And so I don't think Tom DeFalco is the greatest writer, but he definitely understands how to write the thing and Spider-Man's dialogue, you know? He's really good at that. Right, he's um, very good at, at understanding the characters and how they would talk. Like, absolutely. May, maybe sometimes the substance and what they're talking about isn't as fun, but you can always count on him writing the characters' dialogue uh, as something that they would actually say. 100%. So. Um, what about the... Okay, let's talk about the art. Um, I can't remember, Josh. We've come across Ron Wilson, right, before in Marvel Team-Up, or Marvel 2-in-1, I think? I think so, yeah. I, I mean, I definitely think this art is decent it's ron wilson and mike esposito it's definitely decent it's not like stellar but it's kind of like typical comic book art of the day it, it tells a clear story it's a little bit sloppy but other than that i thought it was okay what do you think josh yeah i thought it was pretty good it, it, it was serviceable superhero art uh, again i think it because of like the the poppiness of the art and like the classic feel it lends itself to the corny story um, right right i think that i think that the art and the the story go hand in hand. Like it's it's almost like it's like the fast food of comics. Yep. Right. Like it's it's fun. I enjoy. It. Is it good for me? Am I getting a lot of substance from it? Probably not. But I'm I'm loving <laughs> reading it. Right. So yes, uh, I think it works. Yeah. Very low nutritional value. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah. So so Elisa, what did you think of the art? Yeah, it was pretty good, but as I said, like for me, it was a bit too dim, I would say. I don't know, maybe it's because it was um, scanned that way, or I'm not sure. Uh, but the colors, yeah, the colors seemed kind of dim. But other than that, it was really good. Yeah, because it's okay. scanned from newsprint, right? So, oh, like, so it's got that faded look to it, and the, the paper is not really white. It's kind of gray, so unfortunately, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Uh, Bronte, what's your take on the art? I thought it was pretty good. I kind of didn't mind that it was kind of that old newspaper-y feel. It felt more like a comic book than mm. the other one, so I kind of liked it. Mm. That's cool. It oh, was my okay. second favorite. Your second favorite. Good to know. Okay, okay. So, okay, so finally, I guess I'll say, as far as recommendation, again, I would recommend this as a fun 1980s comic book. Definitely not anything substantial to it, but I would recommend it. Uh, Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I think I would too. I had a lot of fun with it, and I think as long as I am enjoying myself and enjoying reading the comic, I think I'll recommend it. Um, I will say I think that this is the best try that any of the comics that we've read so far on Spider-Cast uh, has done incorporating like every superhero all in one. Like I, I completely understand where you guys are are coming from. We're not like not understanding or like being confused why all these superheroes are here. <laughs> but but like at least in the story, it makes sense as to why they're there, and they're not just kind of like because we've read so many issues where it's bit like this big you know event happening, and right. this the heroes just it doesn't make sense for them all to be there. They're just shoving them all into the comic to be like, look, we have all these heroes, and this is an important issue. Where this, like, I don't know, for some reason it worked for me. I think because it was like the comedy of all these heroes kind of like, oh, running into these supervillains, like, oh, jeez, I gotta stop you. I just want to go see my friend. Um, 
And the fact that they're all there for, like, all the supervillains are also there for a reason to, like, hurt Ben, and they're all there to support him and make sure he's doing okay in the hospital. It's just, like, the two, I, I think that it works, and for that reason, it's a, it's a recommend for me. And, you know, I gotta say one more thing. I can, looking at this story, I can see exactly where, I think, Tom DeFalco, where his mind went. Because, like, for example, if there's, like, an important person, like, say, a, a mafia uh, the dawn of a mafia or a cop is in uh, in a hospital. Sometimes they'll have like increased security, right? Because they're afraid someone's right. going to try and kill them. So he probably took that idea and went, okay, what if? And then it's like, well, what if everybody got involved, you know? So you can see where his mm. imagination went. But with the other story from Marvel Fanfare, I can't even imagine what Mike W. Barr was thinking. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, whatever. Right. That's just me. Right. Um, so, Lisa, do you recommend this comic? Uh, yeah, I would. It's pretty entertaining. It's interesting. It has some uh, nice pop culture references. Like, for example, I think in one of the lines, like, Spider-Man said something about presidential elections. Like, he like this had a kind of a <laughs> joke. Yeah, I think it's 1982 issue, right? I think so, yeah. I yeah, check, so yeah. I think back when Ronald Reagan was a president, so he kind of joked Did about you. his presidency, which was, like, cool. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's it's interesting. There are so many characters in there. I mean, for people who really love comics, I would recommend it. But for people who are, like, new like me, I'm right. not sure because I got really overwhelmed. <laughs> Understandable. You know, actually, I was going to ask you, were there any characters that you did not recognize in here? Oh. Or were there a lot? Um, well, I've let me see. Like, where is a beautiful drawing of a mole fighting the villains at the same time? So I can tell oh, you if I didn't recognize yeah. anyone. Mm. Um, I think, like, villains for most part, I didn't recognize any of them. But right. the superheroes, uh, like Fantastic Four, I remember them. Original Avengers, yeah, pretty much. And I think where I was also X Men. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. yeah. So I think I I know the superheroes, but I'm not sure if I know all the villains. What about you, Bronte? Did you recognize everyone? Everyone, everyone definitely not. Um, okay. It took me a little bit to even <laughs> recognize uh, Thor because he was just—I think that's Thor. He yeah. was dressed as a human. <laughs> I'm like Thor is never in a suit, and then all of a, so that was like oh, very surprising. As Donald Blake, you mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, I was like, so in what? the comics, in the comics, Thor does have an alter ego like Spider-Man, and it's Donald Blake. Oh wow, that's weird. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. They kind of got rid of that, I think, in the '80s, and then with the movies, they just dropped it completely. Right. Yeah, I don't mind to be honest. Yeah, it's kind of an outdated thing for him. He doesn't really need yeah. it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Bronte, do you recommend this issue then? Uh, I think I'm the same as Lisa. Um, I think it, um, I found the humor was not forced in this issue. I found it just kind of flowed, which was nice. But if it's definitely your first time reading this and you don't know all the characters, it's just pretty much a puzzle figuring out who's who and who's <laughs> fighting what and why and everything. Yeah. So definitely keep it to the experts. All right. Uh, okay, so I guess now we are going to jump to... The thing number five, and before we get to this, I have to apologize because when I sent the email, I sent the wrong one. I sent thing number six, and Bronte read the wrong one. So Bronte, we'll talk about that uh, as we get closer to the end, but for now, we're going to talk about the thing number five. 
And Elisa, you said that you would like to summarize this plot very quickly, right? You're uh, cool with that? Yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. Okay. Um, so, like, since I had not much time, I just kind of looked at all of that real, real quick, but I think I understood all what happened. So, sure. at the beginning, we see the Fink leaving the hospital. We don't know why he was leaving the hospital. He's just walking on the streets and noticing what people are kind of staring and looking at him. Although we know what he's a superhero, right? But we still kind of don't feel comfortable around him because of his appearance, I suppose. Uh, but right. at the same time, we also, not too far away, we see a dark figure uh, standing, looking at the thing from behind. We don't know who he is, but he's probably a villain. So, like, I, I suspected that he is a villain. Uh, and when the thing walks somewhere and he meets Wonder Man. By the way, Wonder Man, is it something like Wonder Woman? Like, I, I don't know. No, there's no connection because Wonder Woman is DC and this is Marvel. Yeah. So it's just a coincidence. Yeah. It's just a coincidence. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So he meets Wonder Man and I I didn't know. Like, this is the first ca character I encountered and I don't know him. I don't know where he right. comes from because I never seen him, obviously, in Marvel movies or something. Mm -hmm. So, but I, I, I suspected that he was supposed to be a friend of the thing because we're superheroes, but he attacks him. So we have like this fight between Wonder Man and the Thing, and the Thing can't understand what's going on. And Wonder Man doesn't really respond and doesn't really say anything to the Thing while the Thing is trying to figure out what's happening. Uh, so we have like this little fight, but at the same time, mm, on the other end of the city, we see She Hulk. I also didn't know she exists. <laughs> like, it was a surprise. <laughs> right, yeah, this uh, is the Hulk's actual, this is the Hulk's cousin, if you can believe that. Oh, oh wow. Ridiculous, wow, that's cool. yeah, but fun. So, she she's in Avengers headquarters, I think. Right. She mm -hmm. gets this phone call um, from supposedly the Fink, who is asking her for help. But uh, the machine doesn't identify his voice, like it says with its ne negative identification. Uh, so she's sus she gets really like suspicious about it. But at the same time, she checks them up through the computer and sees that there is actually something is going on in the place. Um, the thing told her, so she runs towards there. And when she reaches there, she sees the thing and Wonder Man fighting. And I guess what, like, her mind is being taken over by this villain, and she mm -hmm. starts to fight him as well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's like lots of action again. Um, so the thing doesn't understand what the hell is going on, because both Wonder Man and She-Hulk were supposed to be his friends, and they attack him. Uh, but he's strong enough to take on both of them, uh, so this dark figure, uh, where, which is wearing like a you know a hat, is looking at all of this, and it's it's like at this moment you totally understand what it's a villain, and he thinks to himself, well, he he can take on both of them, so what what's my next move? What do I need to do? So he gets really smart, I would say, um, and. Oh, yeah, Spider-Man appears as well mm -hmm. in this issue. Right, right. He's also fighting the thing, and when like. The thing is probably like so strong, he takes on all of them and he's like, okay, but obviously he's tired from fighting. Uh, and at this moment, normal civilians attack him, which is really hard for the thing because he's supposed to protect them, right? So he, he's, he doesn't know what to do. He, he doesn't want to hurt them because they're civilians, because they're people. Um, 
So he he's trying to fight, but in a very gentle way, I would say. So he's just trying to swing them here and there, so we're out of the way. Um, yeah, and when and when something really un- unpredictable happens, because this villain transforms into the thing, and he becomes a part of him, so he kind of enters his mind, and he possesses his body, which is right. really interesting, I think, because it's like a plot twist right now. He needs to fight himself. I think that that was cool. Like that was like wow, that's interesting, and the issue finishes. <laughs> right, cliffhanger, right. Yeah, that was cool. Like, I found it really, really cool. Like, the story, the idea, and um, because I, I think, like, yeah, when friends become your foes, it's kind of challenging already. But when mm-hmm. you need to fight civilians and when you need to fight yourself, it's kind of even more challenging. Right. Okay. So I'll hold my comments till later. But, Bronte, what did you think of this one? I know you only skim read it, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, I thought it wasn't too bad because I read uh, the issue number six first. I knew what was going on in this one. So I, I felt a little bit more confident going through it. But yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Like I didn't I didn't understand when they were saying how the thing is stronger than the She-Hulk. So I wonder, like, is he the thing also stronger than the Hulk? Like I thought the Hulk was like the big bad guy that nobody could beat. So I was kind of thinking about that so i was a little confused there but other than that i i like the artwork in this issue and number six was my favorite artwork out of all of them so i really enjoyed this one just skimming through oh, and just it just so you know that not that it matters but the thing is stronger than the she hulk but the hulk is stronger than the thing oh so because she's a female female gotcha. <laughs> right yeah and actually i think like he has the line where oh like she's a girl how am i supposed to fight the girl or something and i'm like but she's a superhero no yeah, yeah. she's a hulk <laughs> she can't die she i don't think she has the same exact power set as the right. hulk i think because because she's yeah, intelligent I, right and because so like all of bruce banner's like DNA was like destroyed pretty much by gamma radiation and She-Hulk's story is that she needed a blood transfusion and she used Bruce Banner's blood who is her cousin so that's why she has some traits of the Hulk but not all of them I don't know it's weird it's not a great explanation and I don't think it really works super well but I think that's the reasoning for why she's um, not as just for yeah, just for the Strong, record, but... the She-Hulk was created over the weekend because yeah. Marvel was worried that uh, a TV show or cartoon company was going to create a female version of the Hulk. So they're like, oh my God, we got to come up with something. Okay, Stan Lee, okay, uh, I'm going to write something. Uh, John Busama, you draw something over the weekend. We'll just whip mm-hmm. it up and they, <laughs> they they did the whole thing in like two days. That's why her right. is... So because stupid, whatever yeah. whatever the the like the TV studio came up with, they rightfully owned because they created it, not right. Marvel. So Insane. they they caught wind of what the TV show was trying to do, and they wanted to do it before, so that they they could keep their rights. Um. Anyways, that anyway. yeah, I <laughs> yeah, I think that the story was pretty fun. Uh, I, I think that for the most part, it works. Uh, uh, the events that happen are really great. But I think that the writing, um, the the over excessive like narrative bubbles, really got in the way of me enjoying it. Um, 
Mm-hmm. They just dis- it, it, it's everything is described to you. Literally everything that happens is described, whether it be the character thinking out loud of what's happening or literally just like the narration over top of it. Like one of the parts that stands out to me is she she has the call and she checks to see if it's authentic or not. The the computer says uh, negative authentication or something like that, and then the the bubble above it says something like. She ran it through the computer and it came back uh, as not authentic. It's like, yeah, I know. I I see that. Like, I, I, I know what's happening. Like, everything is just so over-described. Like, even earlier on when he's uh, when he's fighting Power Man, they're, like, describing every punch. Every time he's, like, punched through a car or the car gets crushed. Like, they're describing every detail. And it's like, I, I know. I'm, I'm reading the comic book. I can see the car yeah. being crushed. You don't need to tell me the car is being crushed. So I I really did like the story, but for some reason I just uh, it, it dragged on so much for me because it, there's just so much to read through that. But like at least halfway through the issue, I just stopped reading the yellow text and was just reading right. the dialogue and and looking at the the, the art because <sighs> it, it, it I, I was just so tired with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually thought the art was better. Now, if you notice, it's the same penciler. It's Ron Wilson again, the same penciler as uh, Marvel 2-in-1, but this is inked by Hilary Barda. I think the inks are much better in this issue. It's re- like, to me, if you, it's just, this is an example of what, you know, clean inking, tight inking. So I like the art much better here. It's also probably yeah. a, y- a year later, so maybe Ron Wilson's just got better over the course of the year, but oh, I really okay. like the art, yeah. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned the narration because I, I did the quality of the narration itself, like the, the, the choice of words wasn't bad. The fact that it explained everything that was going on in the art was ridiculous. But I honestly, I I think I thought this story was, I hated it. And part of the reason I hated it is because John Byrne has used this trick before where he just has... A bunch of people fight for 22 pages, and then at the very end, you find out, oh, it was all a misunderstanding, you know? And in this issue, the fact that the fact that we know it's going on, but the thing can't figure it out, makes it even kind of worse, because we're like, I'm kind of just like sitting on my hands going, okay, when is he gonna figure it out? When is he gonna figure it out? And then there's the panel where he, where is it? Where he figures out it's the puppet master, and then the puppet master's like, oh no, oh yeah, here it is. Uh, oh, I can't find it. But anyway, the puppet master's like, oh no, he knows it's me. I don't know. I just thought that that was really stupid. I thought really stupid. You know, it's just really just. It's kind of like the, the problem I had with the first the Marvel fanfare. It's like, what exactly? What idea was John Byrne trying to get across with the story? It just seems like an excuse for people to fight. You know, whereas at least yeah. the Marvel two and one, it was kind of like a fun idea. You know. So that was my take on it. I don't know. I didn't really enjoy it. Uh, See, but what did you get? I, I, I didn't <laughs> mind. I, I, to okay. be honest, I didn't mind uh, the fact that he, because he, he knew something was off, I think, right, right away. Like, he, he when he fought Power Man, he was kind of like, uh, like, well, what the heck's going on? Is, is my buddy, like, does my buddy hate me now? And then She-Hulk shows up, and she starts like attacking him and that's what he's like what the heck is going on like this something weird is happening and then spider-man shows up and he's like yeah these guys are for sure being mind controlled what like and and doesn't really understand what's happening so i don't know for me it 
it wasn't that classic like the two superheroes butting heads because they have to because that's what <laughs> we want to see the, our superheroes fight before they team up. Like it didn't have that feel to me, and it didn't feel like it was just put in there because it would be fun. Like it, I don't. It just seemed, right it, because that's what the story was. I didn't mind a whole lot. Okay. Okay. Fine. You know what I mean? Like, Fair like point. I don't know, because like, in in like our, our Marvel team up, like every single issue, Spider Man sees his superhero friend. They fight each other, and they realize, oh wait, we're friends, and then they team up and they stop the villain. Right. It's like every single time, it's like, okay, we get it. You, we want to see the superheroes fight to see who's gonna come out on top. But like, it, it has to make sense, right? So this, I don't know, felt like a really good excuse, and I didn't mind it a whole lot. Okay. Okay. So, fair point. Yeah. So, so Elisa, you enjoyed it then, right? Yeah, more or less, I enjoyed it because of the plot. Like, I I don't know how it is for people who read comics a lot, but I found the plot interesting. Like, especially the parts where he, as a superhero, needs to fight the civilians and then himself. I found it really interesting and enjoyable in this sense. Did you notice? Uh, did you like the art better in this one or in Marvel Two and One? Hmm. You mean like the the very first one with the Scarlet Witch? No, not that one. The second uh, the one, one, one with the, the thing hospital. in bed. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. I I found it like as you said, lines kind of looked better and more firm. So yeah, in this sense, I liked it better when the one about with the hospital. So Bronte, I know you only skimmed it, but what did you think of the art in this one? I love the art in this one. Um, yeah, because. Like I said, I was able to, like, I skimmed it, but I was still able to get the gist of the story without reading all the little bubbles. So it was very detailed <laughs> and really well done. So. Yep, I agree. I agree. Um, okay, so I, yeah, I, uh, you know what? I don't know. I would recommend this issue, but only for the art. I don't recommend it for the story. Uh, Josh, do you recommend this one? See, uh, it's such a hard... I. I, I don't think I would go out of my way to recommend it, but I, again, I wouldn't stop anybody from reading it. I'm very indifferent. I, I think that the story was kind of fun, but it it felt like such a slog to get through. Like, uh, there's just so much to read when, that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. Um, so yep. it really kind of like knocks it down a couple notches for me. So I don't even know if I would recommend it, honestly. Um, Elise, did you recommend this one? I think I would just probably I would say skip this yellow boxes where it describes yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah, just go with the dialogue and the action. Like the art was pretty good, and especially if you want to read the next issue, which I found like really interesting. I think you will have to read this one in order to understand what's going to happen. That's right. And speaking of next issue, I accidentally sent uh, everyone the wrong link. So Bronte, for those listening at home, can you briefly tell them what happens in the next issue? So the next issue is actually my favorite out of all of them. So it's funny that it was a mistake. I enjoyed that one the most. <laughs> the artwork, everything, that was my number one for it all. Um, so what happens is the thing is in his own mind. And it's interesting because he's fighting against himself. So it makes you, like, it really puts you into the thing's mindset and how he fights. And I could really relate to it that way. So, um, so yeah. So I think, so what went on in it is he was fighting the thing with, uh, what's it, what's the, the mask, um, puppet the guy's master. The puppet, puppet master. master. Yeah. So the puppet master's in his mind as well, and the puppet master's trying to torture, his name's Ben, right? 
yes. or the yes. thing. So um, he's trying to torture Ben until he finally begs him that he wants him to kill him. And Ben has to overcome this by accepting that he can be the thing and that it's okay to be the thing and to be the person that he is now. So I think it's a, it, it ends with a very great life lesson. There you go. There you go. And that's what we want, mm -hmm. right? From comic books. So I guess my final question for our, our two guests today is, Bronte, do these comics entice you to want to read more comics? No. <laughs> I would definitely do it again if you wanted me to come back on, but I don't think I would do it like for entertainment on my own. But I will say that the last one that we weren't supposed to read saved the day, and it gave me hope that comics aren't as bad as I thought. <laughs> Interesting. Oh my god. Okay, Elisa, are you gonna? Are you interested in reading more comics now? Um, actually, yeah, I would say so. I found it really interesting and enjoyable, and it's not like you read lots of stuff at the same time. Without, like, what's nice about it, you read, and at the same time, you look at the pictures, and it's like, it's kind of cool. It's like, I'm back to being kid again, you know, I'm reading all these books yeah. <laughs> with beautiful illustrations and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so I found it really interesting, especially like right now. I, I don't think if I would read like old issues but i would try on the new ones like the recent sure. ones to see what the story is about to see how the drawings change then yeah well if you guys are interested maybe we'll have you back on again in another episode and i promise the comics we give you will be better for that episode okay in, in our future episode <laughs> mike 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 you what mike don't make promises you can't keep. Yeah. <laughs> don't make promises. You have we, have we, I don't know if we've gone a week having three good issues to read. No, but you know what? I've, <laughs> I've read most of the 80s Spider-Man and I know that if you guys stick with us for another year, they'll get really good. Okay. There you go. So, okay. So yeah, Josh, you can take it from here then. All right. We want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you like the podcast, it really helps when you leave a review over on Apple Podcasts or you can drop us a comment or tweet. Uh, you can reach us over at, eight, at HCT Spidercast or at Comic Syndicate on Twitter. Or you can find us at the Comic Book Syndicate pretty much everywhere else. Uh, we want to keep that conversation going. So please keep in touch. And we definitely want to thank Bronte and Elisa for joining us. Uh, we're glad you liked the comics. Bronte, I'm sorry you read the wrong one, but yeah. you liked that one the best anyway. <laughs> and we'll definitely have you guys on again. And yeah, so until next Monday, this has been Here Comes the Spider Cast. See you then. All right. See you. Thanks. Woo. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye.